Before we listen to this fun and funny episode with Jeff Plankenhorn, all of us sound wizards and Jeff felt it appropriate to take a minute to recognize that we must stand up and face racial inequality together. How incredible would it be for this moment in time, in pandemic, to really break down the walls of racial injustice around the world? You know, you might be feeling uncomfortable about not knowing how to contribute. A lot of us are still stuck indoors. Jeff Plankenhorn would tell you that he has been quarantined on an island and felt very much the same. He told us that he wants you to know there are many ways to participate in the Black Lives Matter movement. Obviously, protest, but also donate and educate. In my own personal life, we have chosen to try to open up conversations with everyone in our family to really make sure that we're looking at the same problems and seeing the same solutions. Those conversations have been uncomfortable and difficult, but that's been the way that we can try to move the needle. Nelson Mandela said, no one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. Thank you so much and enjoy this fun episode. DRM, easy listening, 89.9. <laughs> Does that sound easy listening? Welcome to the was wind. It, <laughs> was that easy listening? I was, I was, it was easy for me to listen to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, hey, I thought it was spooky. <laughs> spooky. I felt it was like spooky. Ethereal. Welcome to the spooky it, hour. It was ethereal for <laughs> sure. That was beautiful. I, don't know. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I really I love that slide. That was, I like two chords in a groove. Successful yeah. sound check. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew, you want to intro the podcast? Wait, we weren't taping that? We uh, absolutely no. Oh, good. <laughs> what do you mean? So, everybody, <laughs> welcome. thing I'm going to do today. Welcome to another episode of the Sound Wizard Podcast. Uh, I am so excited to have Mr. Jeff Blankenhorn in the room. Everybody, golf clap. Ah. Oh, that's... <laughs> Thank you all. Yes. Now I know exactly what a smattering sounds like. <laughs> uh, we have a couple other people in the room as well. Obviously, you just heard John Paul. Say hello, John Paul. Howdy. Uh, we have Mr. Mike Hidalgo on the drums again. Hey, how's it going? So glad to have him back in the room. And Miss Rosie as well on the bass. Hello. And we also have our friends Chris and Sarah in the room. Uh, why don't you just guys like say hello? Hi. Yeah, there. Hi. <laughs> hello. <laughs> 
We won't be able to hear that on the real recording. Who's back on the board? Who's doing the uh, That's right. The, the digitizations. Per- the person who never wants to be in the podcast nope. but is all over it, Mr. Carter Greaves and Drew Potter. <laughs> that way was that you guys? <laughs> no, that was me. Okay. Uh, they've, yeah, they sound trying like to a- sound like someone else. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that's another podcast uh, that we're doing today. That's so exciting. Uh, what am I supposed to do next, John Paul? I, we are humans that live that's in right. Austin, and our lives revolve in on and around music. Um, we used to jam, just a couple of us, and then we realized we can invite musicians to come hang with us and learn mm-hmm. a little bit more, A, about how to play music, but B, about how to be a part of this world. Uh, so I think Jeff... You are playing today. What are you? What are you playing right now? This, for those following along at home, is a 1940s, somewhere 1940s. I don't know. Uh, Oahu student model square neck lap steel. It has wow. a very long name, <laughs> and basically it just means a guitar turned the wrong way. Oh, you like know. like well, with the strings, amazing. like with yeah. the strings at your belly. Yeah, pretty wow. much. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, most people will look at it and they'll go, "Oh, you play like Jeff Healy." Which is not the case at all. Okay, but that's cool because he's really cool. I mean, I'm a big fan of Roadhouse. So is he the guy that invented those cool shoes that you can roll around on? Heelys. Oh, is that what those are? (laughs) (laughs) I always wondered why they didn't make those for adults. They do. I thought they would sell. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Most people are just too embarrassed. You have to order them online. Oh. (laughs) See, now you are a man after my own heart because you know this. Uh, I see kids rolling around airports, and I got a guitar on my back, and I'm like, I could really use those. I think if they rented them at airports, you could make some serious money. Better than a a baggage cart, you know? I just roll to the next gate, you know, with my guitar. You have, like, those... Those golf carts end up just having uh, trails of people rolling yes. through the, like a little train. Yes. <laughs> They're just hanging on by the back. Yeah. No, but uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say that I remember the original ones. You had to like take in and out the wheels and really. Oh, really? yeah, they well, didn't, didn't just flip in and out. Oh yeah, no, they were wow. they were they banned them from our schools. Yeah, of course, of they, course did. they did. Absolutely, <laughs> of course they did. Way too much fun. I could see why it would be great for the students and. Hell on the teachers. <laughs> are they Hell on wheels. Yet? Are there powered versions of Heelys? I don't know. There's I like don't know. The, well, I think uh, there are light up versions. Sorry, yes. I think that was me who was stepping on a cable. I, I will do that occasionally. <laughs> it's, I'm told it's that touch of unprofessionalism that makes me so lovable. <laughs> it, we also, uh, you know, it in our ears it ducks the music, oh. right? But in the recording, it, it you all of those things get heard at the same time, so we can fix it. Just so you know. Lap steel with a square neck. Yep. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, uh, when you play, uh, people talk about Dobro's. Dobro's Mm -hmm. the one that's got the hubcap in it, you know? It looks like it has a hubcap. People know that from, like, bluegrass music. And then they see steel players who sit down and play, or lap steel players. It's a weird amalgam of those things, and I just have a lot of different influences. And um, this is a good one. Uh, I just like the way it sounds, and I figured that uh, for this particular first time here, I'd kind of... Keep on the acoustic vibe just for fun. I love it. And yeah, you know, sounds, yeah, we, sounds great. Yeah. We haven't done uh, an acoustic led uh, yeah. thing. But yeah, basically because it hurts my fingers. This is well, <laughs> it's uh, Sound Wizard unplugged. Ooh, oh, nice. dig yeah. it. Yeah. And, and unplugged doesn't mean that there's not like you know tons and tons of wires and electric bass. It's just. They just say unplugged when there's one acoustic guitar in the yeah. room. That is very true. When there's one acoustic guitar in the room, then it becomes unplugged at the Grove. <laughs> Shit. What did you uh, What did you start playing? What was the first thing that you started playing? I started singing oh. in church as a boy soprano. I was one of those little freak of nature boys that could sing. 
By the time I was seven, I was singing in church. By the time I was 10, I sung my first national anthem at a baseball game for the Cleveland Indians. Nice. Wow. That's yeah. And, and I was like, and like, I didn't understand what was going on because I couldn't read music. My choir director would like move her hand up and down. <laughs> Mrs. Randall, she would like move her hand up and down so that I could follow. Right. You yeah. know, and yeah. then I would just know the song and just, I got, I got good at it for that. And, and uh, I come from kind of like a semi-broken home, you know, and so it's like, uh, you know, my mom was super, super supportive. My dad left when I was pretty young. And so, you know, you get out there, you start p- playing music and stuff. All of a sudden, people start going, and you go, oh, they like me. Yeah. yeah. They <laughs> like me. I'm going to sing some more. I had a great family, and I still, I can't, I just need people to say hello. But you love music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, well, maybe then I'm just full of beans. <laughs> I just wanted the attention. <laughs> That's all it really was. But the, uh, singing was my first thing, and um, I didn't pick up the guitar until my voice changed. Oh. And when my voice changed, I couldn't do the soprano thing anymore. And, um, you know, I had tried piano, but my piano teacher was a real... Uh, a piece of work. She basically like I I told her I didn't need to read music and she was like, "Yes, you do." Yeah. And I was like, "No, I don't." And so like she came in one day and she's like, "Okay, that sounds good." And she walked around the piano and I had the music turned around cuz I wanted to be mean yeah. and yeah. spiteful and I don't need you, lady. <laughs> and she was like, "Okay, no more lessons for you." I love that. And she just kicked me out. <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually I stopped playing piano in the exact same way. Is there? Yeah. Did you turn the music? No, I no. But pretty the, close. The sense of you know, I I got in a lot of trouble. My piano teacher when I finally I like graduated to the next you know whatever yeah. lesson two or whatever, yeah. and he thought that I could read notes and I had been fooling him. Yes. And then it's not he, that hard at that stage. Well, he he put something new in front of me and I was like, "Aren't you going to play it?" And he's like, "No, no, just play it." Yeah. And, you and then like, I couldn't. Bleh, bleh, bleh. He got so mad he left. He's yeah. just like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Pepe. Go, well, I mean, I think that there's a, it's a little bit different now. Like, people know there's things like the Suzuki method where you do all ear for like the first, I don't know, couple years or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Classical people are trained that way because what happens is people learn just how to read music. Right, and then they, and can't they don't do have the soul, and they don't have that spirit of improvisation, and and yeah. want to hear great tones. It's very mechanical, and I think there's a little bit. Uh, the great fiddle player in town, Warren Hood, yeah, said it best to me Warren. once, and he said, "You know, the people who kind of like don't know how to read music and just kind of play by ear, uh, they often say, you know, that uh, the reading musicians could take a lot from them." And it's like, <laughs> he's like, I think that's true, but. <laughs> I think the people who learn to play by ear could probably learn a little bit from the people who learn how to play music, too. (laughs) And uh, I'm I'm sort of paraphrasing, but his point was well taken to me because he was one of those musicians that that, uh, is much younger than me, but I looked up to because he went off to Berkeley and learned, like, all the notes and these kind of things, Mm -hmm. but he never lost the soul. Yeah. You know, like, he just, he still has so much improvisation and fire, and I just, I'm such a big fan of his. I've tried to learn like four or five times. And I, I'm one of those people that until some part of my brain is, is ready to do that, It'll I just click. I can't get myself to do it. And, and it's so stupid. Even this, you know, even this project is yeah. very much, you know, uh, a learning by osmosis. Yeah. <laughs> situation. There, there, there's so many people that, that don't know, and it doesn't matter whether it's yeah. Charlie Parker or whoever, you know, there's stories of these people who don't read music. And then there's so many people who do read music or learned it later. I, I really try to liken it to vocabulary. Hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or, or speech. Like when I'm talking to you right now, I'm not thinking, oh, I better put a noun here and I better put right. a verb here. Right. right. And, yeah. and you yeah. learn all that stuff and then you forget it so that you can speak. Mm. 
So if you want to go ahead and learn, you could still learn how to talk without ever learning grammar. Right. But you might be better at it. You might have a little bit better at like writing or communicating with other people. Yeah. So I kind of... If I, I finished high school, you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so anyway, I can't read. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Wahoo. Well, there's a, have you ever read the, the Music Lesson by Victor Wooten? Uh-uh. <clears throat> Sorry about that, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a book by Victor Wooten, and uh, he you know, goes through um, all these different facets of music, and he yeah. tells it in 10 different kinds of stories, and it's more of like a master-apprentice kind of thing, yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. he talks about music as being a language, and I read it the second year I started drumming, and it really illuminated a lot of things for me uh, music-wise, music and he talked about it like a language, and sure. how you know, when you first... Um, you know, learn to speak, you speak a language for four or five years right. before you start reading or writing it, you know, and then you can really jam, like you're saying, conversate yeah. with people. And yeah. uh, it just kind of, I don't know, it was a really insightful book. And it talked about passing on uh, to the next generation of musicians as well. Like yeah. traditions. Yeah. Exactly. Oral traditions, just like with other things. Yeah. That's so cool, man. I'll have to check that yeah, out. It's, Victor it's, Wooten's such a great musician and, yeah. and really into teaching, you know. Um, well, he's the reason I, uh, once I, after I read that book, it's why I went to my friend who ran this, uh, after school program at a, uh, apartment complex, like on the East side. Right. And, um, you know, I was like, can I just come and do a drum demonstration yeah. for these kids? <laughs> yeah. And I was in my two man metal band at the time. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like it was yeah. double bass and like, you know, yeah. all sorts of cymbals and everything everywhere. And so. <laughs> I just did this two or three minute demonstration of you, you had know, a drum donut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but after the it was done, then all the kids like just immediately got up and ran to the drum kit and just started oh, like. T- so oh, kids yeah. love drum yeah. kits. Yeah. They were just like super excited. I don't think and you're like get off of my drum set, you bratty kids. No, 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 no. Expensive. No way. No, I was just like I kind of surprised me, but it kind of it dawned on me later that that might be the first time any of them had ever seen. A drum kit in person. Yeah. Yep. And just the power of music. And, and thank goodness their first experience was fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, like uh, playing music, it's play. Mm. Yeah. We have to remember that it's play. Mm. You know, this is a make believe world that we can jump into where we can do anything we want, you know? And like, I try really hard not to lose that. Yeah. I do my best anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's an Oahu lap steel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's. Is that one custom? I know you. No, no, no. I, I did design. I des- yeah. I designed a weird one, um, and uh, maybe I'll bring that back for the next one. That's a, a weird. It's funny. Oahu is uh, basically a Hawaiian guitar that they used to make in Cleveland. Oh, of mm-hmm. course, makes sense perfectly, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Absolutely, uh, absolutely right. And uh, um, but uh, everybody used to always ask me to play dobro in rock bands, and uh, I could never get it. It's a very acoustic instrument with a kind of haunting sound. There we are with haunting again, mm-hmm. and. Um, I could never get it to play through PAs well. There weren't really, really good pickups 20 years ago when I moved here. And I remember being at the Austin Music Awards with Ray Wiley. There's my first name drop of the podcast. (laughs) If you want, every time I name drop, just hit the bell. Just go, there you go. Okay, every time I name drop, that's the way we do it at my shows. so Ray Wiley asked me to come to Texas, and I moved in with him. You could do it. Sure. There you go. And, uh, and I, I lived with him for a while, and he wanted me to play Dobro at the, at the Austin Music Awards with him because he had won uh, Song of the Year with Conversation with the Devil, this incredible talking blues song that he wrote. And I just remember being on stage and beating the soup out of my guitar, trying to hear something and just going, Wah! 
the feedback and all this stuff. And it was unwanted feedback. So like literally a couple months later, I went to a luthier and I said, make me something that has like the body of a dobro and a square neck so I can play slide, but stick a bunch of electric guitar parts in it. Mm-hmm. And he did. And Ray Wiley and I don't know, it was Ray and Gurf were talking one day. There's Gurf Morlicks. Thank you very much. Sweet. And they they were like, uh, call it the plank. And I was like, what? They were like, well, your name's plank. Everybody calls you plank. It's a plank of wood right through the middle of the guitar. I was Love like, oh, okay, nice. cool. And um, then I started making them. And, and well, not myself, but I've had different luthiers over the years make them and sold them to some people. Uh, 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 there's a guy in Michigan who plays one. Uh, the guy from Blue October, Will Knack, plays one. Um, also, uh, another guy plays with Wade Bowen. You want to just give him like six while. bells real fast? Just like ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, a few of those shotgun round. But it's so cool because now these guys and gals who play the instrument come up with things I never would. That's cool. That's the coolest That's part, awesome. man. I'm never going to make any money. It's kind of a niche thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to see him playing it, and they like it because it doesn't really work like any other guitar. Yeah. So. You're, you're, you're just in the, in the beginning of making money from them. That's the, probably oh, sure. the truth of it. It's like Tens of dollars <laughs> are going to come my way well, no, because I mean... so many people want to plank. I think I believe, I believe it. I think at some point, you, I mean, the, one of those things is you, you, you get to a certain level, you know, and then you can say, I have these things, and then 100,000 people want it, yeah. you know. And, well, I, I had my first one made. I, I love your optimism. <laughs> I have my first one made in 2003. I haven't found a good builder who will, like, make it at a price point where it doesn't right. cost too much, especially for beginners. Like, I don't want a beginner to have to go out and spend a couple thousand dollars True. when they could just go buy yeah. a lap steel for a couple hundred. You know, it sounds cooler and you could stand up and play it, but is that really worth all that extra money? Someday, yeah. maybe someone listening to this podcast will say, oh, Jeff, I've got an idea of how you could build those. Yeah. And I, you, you can't patent it because everything's been on other guitars and... I'm cool with that. I'm just kind of happy I have the first one and it's you, on record. And I, you I copyright got, it. I got braggy, bragging rights for that. That's yeah, we copyrighted the name and all that kind that's of sweet. stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's cool. pretty awesome. That's yeah, really cool. cool. <laughs> you want to hear one? Go see Plank play the plank. Yes. Yeah, you can come hear me. I play I play around. Okay. I'm, about, I'm about to do a two and a half week tour. I leave on Wednesday. Nice. Uh, of the, the East Coast and the Midwest. I'm doing all solo dates. Um, it'll be cold. Yes. yes, it will. But it'll be fun. Uh, what do you you have anything exciting happening in like April? Uh, let's see. When I come back in April, uh, we will do our my wife and I will do our yearly trek up to Vancouver Island, where she's from. I love watching all. That's my that was my reference earlier about your Instagram. Instagram Socials. is watching you in that place because you know my family is a place in Maine that is yeah. like a retreat. You can get it, man. It's beautiful, and even just the whole pilgrimage. Yeah, you know, it's, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, I I, I joke with uh, my friends and sometimes in my shows. My wife is a horticulturalist and an arborist and a gardener. And she grew up in Vancouver Island. And she has a love of nature that I never really had growing up in a steel town in Ohio. Mm, It's been a really good influence on me. And so we go up there and it's time to write. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And it's just like, it's a really modest place. Um, We live in our 90-year-old Scottish grandmother's basement apartment. Nice. But it doesn't matter because we always want to be outside. That's incredible. 
Yeah, we're so lucky, and uh, we'd never be able to do it on a musician's or a gardener's salary if we didn't have some family help. And That's cool. Now I'm starting to gig up there. I did about eight gigs there last summer in various places on the island in the mainland, and um, it's pretty cool, man. That's cool. That's, That's so awesome. neat. That, that makes, you, makes me so happy. Uh, I would love, uh, you know, keep them coming when you get up there. So, because I think it's wonderful. I think I think that's really cool to see somebody living out, you know, what they can. You know, and yeah. To, it, I mean, I Mike and I talk about it all the time where you know that that's kind of the dream, right? And I've actually said to somebody, I can't remember who it was, they were talking about going on a trip and and trying to be reclusive in writing, and I was like, do you know that Jeff does that every year? Every year, like he's yeah. got it nailed. You yeah. know, like you just well, go up and there. for me, everybody's gonna find their own thing, right? Yeah. Here's one thing benefit of a little bit of age expectations you know lower than your gratitude mm. is a good thing <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like do i want to like have a jaguar in my driveway or do i want to be happy and like i kind of like being happy <laughs> i kind of like having a gig where i can go play music but no one's going to mess with me when I go to the grocery store because they don't know. Who, I mean, somebody will say, hey, Jeff, and that's about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like after I saw these people that I knew getting higher and it didn't happen for me. And that's cool. My solo career is only like three and a half years old and I'm 46, you know, but I was always a side person when it, when it started to be like, wow, I can do this for a living and be a solo person. I was like. I don't think I want to go much higher than where I'm at. Right. Yeah. Because it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's like I go play these little theaters, and these little clubs for 30, 40 people solo with my acoustic. And then I come back to Austin. And I play band gigs. There's maybe 100 people there if I'm lucky. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not a bad life. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and, and I get to write what I want and, and have a lot of time with my wife when I'm lucky. And and I uh, got a couple of dogs and. Priorities, people. Yeah, hell Priorities. yeah. Priorities. Speaking sure. of which, this is the Jam Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm loving the words, and we'll come back. But uh, the first jam, I think, we'll start with with the foundation of music, rhythm. Oh, I like uh, it. Rhythm. So, Mike, pick a and and walk us through it if you want verbally. Okay. What we uh, might be starting with. Let's see. We're gonna start with something laid back, something a little bit funky. Um, I like that idea. You know, there's a a lot of emphasis. Uh, you know, when I first started drumming. You know, I really wanted to be as complicated as possible. Of course, you know, you try to do as many things as you possibly can and try to learn all these different things. But as the years have gone by, I just really like sitting back in a, a, a pocket and just try to be as underneath everybody as I possibly can. Cool. So groove kind of a uh, drum beats are one of my favorites. So that's what we're going to start off with. Cool. For this lazy Sunday. Oh, I like that. I yeah. love that. It's a little dreary. It was dreary this Very morning. Dreary, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Jeff, just so you kind of are aware, Mike is going to have a drum. Uh, drum. Mike's going to have a drum. And while he's doing that drum, then we'll just kind of creep in it as we see fit. Um, and, uh, yeah, take it away, Mike.
Beautiful. One of my favorite questions. Jeff, anything in there surprise you? Uh, yes. Um, th- that sometimes uh, I love mistakes. And like when you uh, sometimes uh, someone will play a chord over another chord you're not expecting, and then it'll sound cool. Yeah. It happens. Those Happy are probably accidents. my, my wrong <laughs> words. We like, we like, we like the uh, accidental sometimes, uh, you know, like uh, uh, sometimes when you're recording. You know, I'll do, I'll do certain records where like I'll play with a band and we'll record everybody. And then I'll do other records where like the drummer will lay something down and then we'll build it up from there and we'll do track by track. Mm-hmm. And I remember working on something and I like I walked up too early. Like I walked up before a chord. And then the producer was like, no, 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 keep that. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's really cool. It's like you do the walk up twice, you know, because I was on bass. And he's like, you do the walk up twice. It's so cool. And I was like, no, I messed up. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cool. Yeah. So I like being Were you surprised. signaling me to stop on that last part right there? Uh, or be like quiet. to do a little break? Yeah, or something. I think I just was. Looking at you while oh. <laughs> really intensely, really, really intensely. That's just he was what looking, I look like. He's looking through you <laughs> at that where, point. Where Mike. did you go? Yeah, when I, I don't know. When I play guitar, when I play music, my face, like all of my face, pretty much stops being able to be controlled. You know, and when I started playing piano, I couldn't play piano without sticking my tongue out, and I didn't know I was doing it. Oh, Until, you're not the only one. Oh man, there's a lot of piano players that do that. No, I mean it was like sure. it was like like a full-on raspberry, like, uh, oh, yeah. and I would like drive with my tongue while I was playing. This is really how you, <laughs> this is how you concentrate. Yeah. yeah, I think I mean whatever works, right? I mean it is whatever. Was I, was works. I sticking yeah. my tongue out at you? Well, is that what you asked? No, 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 no. You weren't. <laughs> there's a famous jazz pianist uh, named Keith Jarrett. Have you ever heard of Keith Jarrett? Mm-mm. Okay, so if you go just for fun, check out a good. A good. Uh, oh no, that's not a name drop. It's a name drop <laughs> if he's a fr- if he's like a close personal friend of mine. Oh, he's not. Can you unding that? You, yeah, yeah, you have to. Sh- <laughs> okay. So uh, Keith Jarrett was this really famous uh, jazz pianist, and for years, uh, you know, I had heard recordings, but I hadn't listened close. And when you listen close, he kind of mumbles along when he plays. So he's playing this beautiful ornate stuff, and it's like. Like all over the place, and he's going, <laughs> and, and like you could really, like, if you get really close and your ear is up to it, you're like, What is he doing? Why does he have to do that? But it's, I mean, and then you back up again and you're going, Well, it doesn't matter because it helped him make the sound. Mm-hmm. And he was a really big, you know, you guys being like free jamming kind of cats. Guys, you know, it's like uh, uh, he was very into, you know, experimental kind of free jazz. That's cool. He'd just sit down at he'd sit down at a piano and just do a show and then that would become a record. I love that. That's how I want to write music. (laughs) Well, people do it, man. My my band was relentless in in giving me a hard time about anything they could find. And one time I was uh, recording and we had to do a it was like solo day, you know, and I'm trying to do all the solos and and uh and I come in, and everyone is dying laughing. And the ISO room was upstairs. You had to walk outside, back inside. And so when I come back inside, everyone is laughing really, really hard. And I'm like, what? And they're like, well, we had a room mic on, and, <laughs> and we and just listen to it. And it's me, it's me going like this. To, in between all of the notes in the solo, I'm going like this. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like it's just my nose. I'm just breathing, and it was very funny, very rhythmic and strange. Everyone was laughing about it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to, to blackmail. Yeah. Your artists is to get a room mic, find out what really goes on with the guys and gals that are behind the board, and and all those kind of things. I mean, and that's another thing too. As we see Carter beyond the glass, we don't know what he's saying. We have no idea what's really going on in there. <laughs> He could like, be like, oh, man. He's like, I hope he's these guys good. hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can move us forward a little bit. Do we even have the wheel today? Uh, we do. We have now gone officially to a psychic wheel of it. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. And also, what? I think I know. Well, so we, cool is that? We want to build in a, a portion of the podcast to talk about what influences us. I think uh-huh. maybe as artists, we're especially susceptible to influence. Um, and we used to use a wheel that had a ticker and everything. Except for it also had ads. Yeah. So Do you just, every, every couple of times it would just be like, radiant AC and plumbing <laughs> with a big flush sound. And it was not great for a podcast. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think I even know what I want to ask. Jeff, having known a little bit about your history, sure. musicians that influenced you, both when you were young. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, you have to do the wheel. All right, you just oh. want to hear the sound. Yeah, yeah, we oh, do wheel? the wheel. Are we spinning Every the wheel? Time. I'm no, going to no, pretend I'll, that it no, lands on right, this we're gonna edit this whole. Out. We're going to edit this out. <laughs> so we're, we're, don't do it yet. Don't. This is Rosie and I's favorite part of <laughs> oh, the podcast. <laughs> don't bring Rosie in on this. So we're going to edit all that other stuff John Paul said out. And then we're going to say, okay, so we have the wheel of influence. It's huge, isn't it, Jeff? It's gigantic. It's the size of the Plinko machine on the price is right yeah it's, <laughs> it's actually we bought that so Vanna okay. white's here to spin it yeah i'm ready okay we're gonna spin it and when, when it stops uh, a random question will be asked by john paul ready boom artists influencing you growing up from boy soprano through recording musician okay so my big brother john is is a musician and he's five years older and I didn't have a big father influence because my dad left when I was young, so he was kind of the thing. And he was a guitar player and a bass player and a classical guitarist and wrote and played in a metal band, and he just did everything. And everybody would be like, when they found out that I played guitar, they'd go, oh, you're John's little brother. Oh, you play guitar too? That's great. <laughs> Which would make me furious, <laughs> you know? But the cool thing looking back on it later was not only was he my biggest influence, he would tell me these little wisdom things, you know. My sister was my biggest influence on, like, school. She would come home from school and teach me before I went to kindergarten everything that she learned. And we were really tight, and we laughed more. My brother was more of, like, a father figure. And, uh, and he would say, Jeff, I don't want you to have... One, like, if you ever have like three strats or three Les Pauls, I'll kick your butt. And I was like, why? And he was like, he's like, you can't treat a guitar like a cheap partner. I said, what do you mean? He's like, don't put it in the corner and not pick it up for a month and then expect it to love you. (laughs) And I I know, and I'm 10. I'm like, what are you talking about? How do you know this at 15, you know? But he always, uh, another, and, and he was like, every guitar that you have will be another gig. He's like, if you have a Martin guitar, and you have an electric guitar, and you have a mandolin, and you have a classical guitar, he's like, every time you get some more cash from your paper route or whatever, get a different kind. He's like, then you're going to get more gigs than the guy down the road. 
Interesting. And I was like, huh. And then the other thing he told me, which I was just stupid enough to believe, <laughs> was he said, if you have enough time, you can learn how to play anything. That's beautiful. And I was like, cool. What a great and thing I was to hear. just yeah. dumb enough to believe it, <laughs> you know? And then, like, he would, like, try and test me and stuff. Like, I remember him saying, you'll never learn the solo to Kid Charlemagne. And I was like, come back in an hour. <laughs> can you still play it? Oh, I used to know it. <laughs> um, not, not to be even put John's No, 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 not enough. But, uh, you know, things like that, he was, he was pretty inspiring, and he, he would tell me lots of stuff like that. I, I, when I was in high school, I had a voice teacher that was really, really, really inspiring. She taught me tons of stuff. She's the one that said it's playing music. Hmm. And um, they gave me a scholarship because they wanted me to be in some plays and stuff, and they sent me to a voice teacher, and I'd never had lessons of any kind. Mm-hmm except for those piano lessons I told you yeah. about. And she would just, gosh, she just told me all these, these uh, uh, beautiful things. Her name was Mary Irvine. She's still around. I talk to her every once in a while. When she would call her son, she would speak in soprano voice, and she'd be like, he'd be out playing, and she'd be like, Jonathan! <laughs> you know, and you'd be like, oh, it's so beautiful. You know, you get chills. You know, <laughs> like, come in now. You know, like, poor Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he ended up going into it too. So, but then the coolest thing about all that is my brother was like, really was the biggest influence to say you could do anything. You can play guitar. You can play piano. You can play pedal steel. And if you look at my records, I'm always faking it on stuff. <laughs> I would argue with that. I think you pulled it off. Yeah. Like the, one of the <laughs> things that we can hear in your music well. is instrumental harmonies. Like a, yeah. And, yeah. and that, I think, it yeah. probably has come from, from what he encouraged yeah. it's, it's been a big influence. But then, you know, he hit me, like, probably any young guitar player, I don't know, my generation, you, you can't not like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. It's kind of like, like, what are you going to do? If you like Eric Clapton, then you really like Jimi Hendrix. If you like Eddie Van Halen, then you really like Jimi Hendrix. If you like Eric Johnson and Stevie Ray Vaughan, you really like Jimi yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, if you go back to like, you know, way more, people don't realize this. I'm not just saying this. There's no rock and roll without Sister Rosetta Thorpe. Oh, absolutely oh, yeah. not. None yeah. at all. <laughs> she was None. Cool. There's none. And there's no finger picking without Elizabeth Cotton. Mm-hmm. None. That's interesting. Or Mother Maybelle Carter. I don't know any of those names, sadly. You should. You should I, now you're going to write I them know. down and go, go to know. town. Oh, yeah. Ne- I mean, there would, uh, there would be nothing, like, you know. And she played righty strung left. Really? Or, I mean, uh, she played, I'm sorry, lefty. she played lefty strung right. So kind of like Doyle Bramall, Albert King, she played this way. And Interesting. Yeah, if you look at all those old uh, tunes and the way they're written out and transcribed, sometimes they're a little hard to get around your fingers. And my, my, I grew up with my father being kind of the, the, one of the major influences of music in my life. Not so much in, in you know, type of music, but more yeah. so like your brother, you know, just somebody who kind of pushes you or whatever. And Hipped you to stuff. Yeah, and he, he was, um, you know, he... If he was in the room, you could close your eyes and be like, Dave Wilcox. Like, that must be David Wilcox. You know, it sounds very similar to him and James Taylor. And that's kind of his style. And I I remember, even though I went to a a totally different path of music, you know, those moments where everyone's around a fire and everyone can play the stuff. And they're passing the guitars around. See, that's cool. You know what we should do next? A fire in here? Yeah, yes. (laughs) We're going to do, we're going to do, we're going to imitate... The style of like a James Taylor song. Actually, hold tight. This is perfect. Okay. Our next jam. This, you're yeah, you're, you're nailing it. Um, <laughs> our next jam is 
it's, it's about improvisation and the art of the jam. And, and what we usually ask for is kind of a theme or, or a, a concept, a phrase, a feeling. You We're doing it. That. We're yeah. going to do a James Taylor song. Sweet. What but, do we go, we'll, we'll just, we can, can we improvise a vocal too? Yes. Absolutely. Of course. Yes. But, and I want to tell the, there's a little more like walkthrough. I'm okay, let's looking do for it. with this yeah. jam. The goal is to find a groove or a series of parts that everybody's into. And yeah. then I'm going to like rudely interrupt okay. so we can talk about it again and then settle back into that same jam. I like it. So we yeah, imagine. And, and, and we already have our... And if you want to, we could like, okay, if you take a James Taylor idea, like I do this a lot with people when writing, there's nothing wrong with being influenced. Right. There's nothing wrong with going, man, I really like this. I wanted to write my, because you'll hear Paul Simon and Neil Young say, I wanted to write my this. Right. You know, I wanted to write my bridge over troubled water, so I wrote blah, blah, blah. And right. I heard great stories about Neil Young in the back of the bus. He would always play Beatles songs over and over and over again. And then he never played them out. And this buddy was asking him, said, hey, why do you play Beatles songs? He's like, I don't know. The whole palette is right there. He's like, I'll stop in the middle while I'm jamming and I'll go, oh, I really like this thing. My finger slipped and then write a song off of it. Hmm. And then boom, the needle and the damage done comes out. Or It's not that simple, but it's cool. So, I mean, like, like for lyrically, like... I mean, the first thing that pops in my head is fire and rain, but do do something different. Like, you know, like I had a song called Tooth and Nail and I brought it to Ray Wiley and he was like, what's Tooth and Nail? And I was like, I knew you'd like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, what's ours? It'll be like by hook or by crook or, or we'll come up with something as, as we come up with a, you know. same thing but and then the turnaround will be B minor instead but you still going back to that D times as a chorus.
don't like that chorus, but let's do it again. I'll find my way. That's okay. By hook or by crook. I'll do the way my first love, my first love. That's two sections. Yeah, kill it. Talk about Take it. Take a break. Talk we'll about it. Back in. What was? Give me that. Give me the core. D C G. D G. D C and G. That's it. Ah. And D. I got lost. When a guitar falls in the woods, do you hear it? No. I mean, probably. Thankfully, since we don't have our we have our headphones on. I don't like I don't like my line hooker by crook. We need something better. Hooker by Crook doesn't work for that pretty melody. We need a dother. I don't care if we write a whole song, but let's just write like a cool chorus together or something, right? Okay. You guys want to? Um, you all into this? Okay, Rosie, what do you think? Like, okay, so so if you were going to write like a, a fire and rain or something, like what's something on your mind right now? You know? Coronavirus and gains. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that is the toughest thing, because I fall prey to this too, the toughest thing in like a co-writing session for me is to resist telling the joke. Don't worry. No, 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 you got to do it because sometimes you got to get them out. There's a guy I wrote the song Trouble Find Me with, and uh, he was uh, not a musician. He was a lighting director. But he just had great, great poetry that he would just write down all the time, and we wrote together. But his biggest problem, and if you're listening, Ryan, which he might, biggest problem was he would always go to the joke. It's just like every time we could, we got stuck on something, he'd say something funny. I'd be like, that doesn't help. It's not helping. Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we should just go into that then. Let's, let's just roll into that. I mean, if, if we're going to call the joke, and I don't know how we get coronavirus in there, but um, uh, by, by cough or by sneeze... <laughs> I need a better Just melody. Make too. sure to use your sleeve. There you go, right? I need a better melody too. It's got to be da 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 da. Sounds like James Taylor to me. Could be James. Could be Bonnie. But I wish it was John Prine I'd find a way By hook or by crook Maybe it should be we We'll find a way Just give me Somehow we got into Almond Brothers. By cover, by sneeze. Don't please use your sleeve. Cause that coronavirus is making its way around. Oh, that hurts. By cover, by sneeze. Baby, oh please, make sure to use that damn sleeve. Or we'll golf us get sick too. Can't you sneeze? <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. you sneeze on your 
asleep. No, that's horrible. Don't do that. It's <laughs> horrible. See what I mean? Resist the joke. Resist the joke, and there's a good song in there. I can't. I can't. It's pretty. You gotta I, I resist don't know. the I joke. I enjoyed that. It was fun. Yep, but nobody's gonna like go home and listen to it. You know, they're not gonna like. That's put, fair. They're I'll not gonna put that. it on repeat. But sometimes you gotta get through that too. I, I started a Patreon page, you know, and and I, what I do is people always wanted me to put out covers, and I got tired of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I guess that's a plug too. So I'm plugging my Patreon page. But um, bell them for that. Do it. Sure, <laughs> I'll, I'll take a bell for that. But I'll do one original and one cover every month. And then the cover songs that I wouldn't put on albums, but people like hearing me play, they're like, oh, where can I hear you do that Clapton tune or whoever? And I'll be like, you can go to my Patreon page. I love that. And it's the best. And creatively, it's not terrifying for me to record one cover and one original a month. I can get that done with my crazy touring schedule. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it I do on like home studio stuff. Carter actually helped me a lot putting together my Pro Tools Mm-hmm. situations so that I could I could have it on the road. Sometimes I do it in Logic because that's better for like drums and like drum machines and stuff like that. It's a little bit more user friendly. I highly recommend finding some regiment for you that's fun for writing. And what we just did was just yeah, you just know. Fun. I mean, aside from the joking, <laughs> I mean that was a that great, was still fun. That was a great rendition. It was still fun. <laughs> that's cool. If somebody comes up at a show and they go, "Hey man, uh, you know, play." Uh, like Melissa or something like that, I'll just be like, oh man, uh, I don't know how to play that one, but but uh, if you think that we could play that, I'm really flattered, and why don't I play this? Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like as that. As opposed right. to, as opposed to, shut up, man, I just want to play my originals. Yeah. <laughs> you, you find a nice way to say it, you know, or if they come up and they, God love them, if they say wagon wheel, <laughs> I'm just like, oh. I don't, I There's can't. a lot of stages, and you know, when you tell a musician you know, we all, everybody in this room knew what I was talking about. Anybody who doesn't play goes, Explain that for them, yeah. What's wrong with Wagon Wheel? <laughs> Why do musicians hate Wagon Wheel? Because just like Stairway and mm-hmm. uh, those kind of songs, they're played so much. Stairway to Heaven. Stairway to Heaven, yes, thank you. Oh man, are we old enough that I need to say that? <laughs> just oh, making sure. Uh, yeah, actually, it's not, know what it's I not a Cardi no, B I do, song. Oh, you did. But, okay. but is Cardi B a person that writes songs? Cardi B is Oh, that yeah, a, sure. Correct. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. She didn't write that. No, no, she didn't. Okay. Just one that. Okay, cool. So, uh, but you know, we'll play them so much. Like there'll be certain stages where I've walked on. There's like three in the United States, where as you walk on stage, there's a thing above the stage that says "No Wagon Wheel." I love that. Ever. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know. Wow. And uh, there's a place in Tulsa that says, "After you have played three non-original songs, your set will be over." Whoa! Mercury wow. Lounge says that. I love that. That's yeah. crazy. They don't want you to just get in there and be a cover band, and I That's love that pretty too. Hard. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like these that. kind of things. <laughs> Ray Wiley, one time when we were on tour, Ray Wiley <laughs> covered. Thank you. He was, uh, he was like, he's like, oh man, Jeff, I got to buy this amp. He's, I said, I said, he's got a little bit of a sling blade to his voice, you know. <laughs> he wouldn't mind me saying that. He's like, man, I got to buy this amp. I'm gonna have to call Judy. And I was like, yeah. And he's like. I think I should tell her something. And I said, what? He goes, so he calls her up and I hear, I hear him on the phone and he's like, Judy, I got to buy this amp. It matches your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, did it work? Say it. Yeah. Did it work? No, but she loved it. <laughs> she was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. She's a pistol. She's one of the great managers of Texas. She learned how to manage through Ray and, and now oh, yeah. like people will 
Judy's one of the smartest people I know. Yeah, I got to hang out with them. They played uh, Sober Jam when I was doing this, when I was producing cool. the Sober Jams for cool, a while. Cool. And, you know, <laughs> that was also the day I, I understood that Lucas, the person that I had known for months now, was his son. Was his son. <laughs> I met Lucas when he was like six. That's crazy. And uh, when I moved in, get this, you guys, when I moved in with Ray Wiley, I drove to his house, was like a. Uh, a Geo Prism, which was a the Econo box kind of crappy car, three cylinder, and a hundred dollars, three cylinder. <laughs> I don't know, probably not that. They make bad. a three cylinder. Did they really? Uh, yeah, or, or like, yeah, it's uh, hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> there's a Geo. I think it has a three no, cylinder. Not a thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> three cylinder. Maybe. Okay, but so I go to his house there, and and Lucas is there, and and I go with this buddy of mine from Michigan who knows Ray, and he's like, he's like, this is Chris and Jeff, and Lucas looks up at us both, and he goes. I'm going to call you Bob, and I'm going to call you Steve. And I said, why? And he's like, because you guys aren't going to be around long enough. I don't need to remember your names. He was like six. Woof. He was like six. And I just looked at him, and he's got this big smirk on his face, you know, and like, and like, and now he's kind of turned into this, you know, kind of quiet, extremely laid back, so polite, polite yeah, the yeah. sweetest guy, and such a great <laughs> rock and roll guitar player. But I'll just never forget. He was like, "You're Bob. You're Steve." <laughs> That's Which so were you? I was. I think I was Steve. All right, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm gonna hit you with one more question, sure, and sure. then we'll do one more. And jam. I'll talk for another half hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all. Well. Uh, we we talked earlier a little bit about stuff you're looking forward to. Um, and I might, like the tour. Yeah. Heck yeah. And and revisit that if you want. But but yeah, sure. I guess more intimately, what what keeps you going? Like, what's the goal? that you hope to achieve with your music currently? You know, it's cool. I, I think that's a great question. Um, aside from, you know, I, I do want to have a little bit more time. Like, things are more important to me than they used to be, like spending time with, with family and things like that. Um, and so, you know, if I jump a level or whatever, I, don't, I just don't really care because if I can go out and people are listening to my music and they like it, I know there's an audience so I don't have any lofty goals about that. Just like to be able to have it not be so dang hard. I got a lot of 10-hour, 12-hour days on the road sometimes mm. to make a living. Mm -hmm. So I wish that was a little bit easier. But um, I want to be a better songwriter. You know how they say you need 10,000 hours to do something? Mm. I have spent my 10,000 hours playing guitars, various instruments, singing. I have not spent 10,000 hours songwriting. And I think for me, I don't believe that you can't learn how to do it later because I've seen too many people do it. Mm -hmm. I've seen too many people start late, you know, and uh, become really, really, really accomplished. And not for any other reason than I just want to be a better songwriter. I love that. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. I think I might let that lean into our last jam. New jam. Well, uh, I started the last one, so. It's true. And well, this one actually is intended to make y'all uncomfortable. Rosie, I think, <laughs> might be the one. The one. Right. Here, but you, that means you're picking. And, oh, man. And one of the easiest ways to make this harder on all of us is to switch instruments. Oh, I love yep. it. Uh, but I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't think you want me on drums. Well, Rosie picks. I mean, I'll do it if I have to. Who plays what? I'll do it if I have well, to. Let's, let's discuss what the options are. Yeah. We have yes. drums, mm -hmm. bass, mm -hmm. electric guitar, acoustic guitar, and... Uh, the plank? slide, <laughs> the slide. That's yeah, just a slide. <laughs> but I could tune it to an open G. You can do whatever. If somebody wants to play it, they could play it with a pick. It's not hard. I'll play some drums. You do drums. Yeah. Cool. We should. You should make Mike. I. I would like to vote that we make Mike play the the slide. The slide. slide. Cool. Okay. Yep. Less is best. And then Jeff, you want to play electric guitar? Sure. Sure. Sweet. Sure.
thank you again, Wizardlings, for listening to another wonderful podcast. I wanted to take a minute and make sure that you knew that we have a really fun Instagram channel lots of silly things on it and updates about what cool things we're doing in the future. Do you know that we did a thing called Build a Song where we wrote lyrics with people on Instagram Live? It was really fun. Maybe we'll have a song for you from it. It was pretty awesome. Make sure to follow us and like us and subscribe to our channels and check out our website. Uh, do you know that we have an artist submission link on our website, www.thesoundwizardpodcast.com? You could go on there and tell us who you think should be on the Sound Wizard Podcast. Also, make sure to check the show notes so you can get all of the cool stuff that Jeff was talking about. His Patreon, where you hear him do cool covers, his website, and his social media channels. That being said, you know what? Play us out, Jeff. 